This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. I'm your host, Option. And I've been away. I was down in... uh, Hi, Christian. How are you? Good. Sorry. I uh, was just a little phlegmy on mic, and, uh, you know, I think uh, that's what I want to share with the people. You know, Radio Veritas. Well, that's funny. I was down in Florida. I almost went over to Roundtree Hill to stay at Ian Fleming's old place. <laughs> Seven. This is, that's where he wrote uh, Golden Thorax, if I'm not mistaken. Um Everybody in the world just stayed at Ian Fleming's ex place. What is it, like a fucking youth hostel? I yeah. forget. Anybody who goes near the Caribbean, and we rented, you know, it's people who are otherwise broke. You know, they went in with an EBT card and rented Goldeneye. So I'm the last person who hasn't stayed there. What is EBT, Christian? EBT, it's uh, what used to be food stamps. I don't know what it stands for, but it's a card instead of like the big book of food stamps. Well, what I'm saying is you can rent Ian Fleming's former estate in Round Hill, Jamaica, Goldeneye, with an EBT card. And that's the core premise we're going to work off of today. Finally. How long have I been pushing you to talk about this? This is what the people want. Listen, can I tell you something? I am now a citizen of the world, and when I, you know, I doodle a lot, and I always end up doodling George Lazenby as Bond. And underneath, I always put 007, and now I'm putting a slash through my seven because I'm continental. I don't use the American seven anymore. You know, does what, that make me? You know what? You've changed, and uh, I thought I knew you. Well, come along for the ride, young man. <laughs> Let me show you the stars. I hear Rami Malek's playing Miss Money Penny in the next one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's method though. So uh, just uh, just watch out, Craig. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So anyway, I went down to spring training, saw some ball, had a blast with my son, went to the Mets uh, because uh, he's a Mets fan. And what what else is baseball except an exchange with your cup, right? Absolutely. And I don't mean earning banks, Mr. Cup. <laughs> I remember when they overthrew the government of Ecuador. What year was that? I remember I looked at Ernie and said, what do you make of this coup? And he said, let's coup too. Ernie always thought it was <laughs> That was my first joke ever on stage. A group of militarized pigeons today overthrew the government of Ecuador in a major political coup. <laughs> and that's how I ended up on the podcast. So anyway, uh, I, I went down, I saw five Met games in five days. Then at night in Port St. Lucie, my son would use, he's like a, a wizard with the... Uh, uh, the internet. He found us. Uh, we went to eat Puerto Rican food one night, and we went to eat Cuban food one night. And I know there's probably some tray delic- delicate Cuban or Puerto Rican out there who feels appropriate enough because they ate the food. But honest to God, I paid the guy. Get this: the Puerto Rican guy and the Cuban guy had set up restaurants where they wanted to exchange food for green rectangles to take their family out to eat American. I didn't fuck anybody up. Now, I know that everybody's soft out there, and just by me saying Cuban or Puerto Rican, somebody's on a ledge. But know this. Castro's kept Cuba so far down that even if you are on a ledge in Havana, you're only around 12 feet off the ground. 
because it's not exactly <laughs> high-rise central. Castro's one true genius, the ability to keep the country so repressed that a Cat 5 storm could hit it flush on and only cost $46 in property damage. A couple hot plates whipped off into the... Uh, um, but it's nice to be back in the uh, seat here. I don't think we have a guest today, do we, Kirsten? No, we do not. Uh, I wanted to uh, give us some uh, room for our growing pains, tech-wise. Let's breathe. Let's breathe. Yeah. Run, Appaloosa, run. Kirsten, I'm the electric horseman. I'm taking you up country. I'm going to find a boulder-strewn field somewhere up in the Rockies and let you run because you're a champion. Look at your ankles. For God's sakes, they're sending you up on stages in Vegas. You've got scurvy. Oh, sorry, that was the electric horse. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of an electric lady. <laughs> um, what else is up? Uh, I say Nick Cage plays Michael Cohen in the HBO movie. Oh, like, yeah. It's a big comeback thing already. You know, Nick will get the circles under his eyes. And uh, I was with Mark Stein over the weekend, and uh, we did a couple gigs, and I said to him, do you think they laid a glove? And I'll ask you, Christian, because I know you see things differently, young Bolshevik that you are. Um, I said, do you think they laid a glove on uh, Clinton or uh, Trump with uh, Michael Cohen? He said he didn't. Uh, I did not see the whole thing. I'm telling you, folks, the country's gotten so mad that I, I really, for mental health reasons, do not watch as much news as I used to. Because, you know, I, I've read some of the tenets of this Green New Deal, and literally, you've got one half the country, and for the most part, it's funded by people who have never been on a commercial plane since, what, 1980? They're talking about doing away with air travel. I mean, and really, what? It's madness. Some of the things that are coming out of the left are madness. Doing away with air travel. Does everybody hear that? In an effort to save the planet, can I tell you, if the planet's in that bad a shape, fuck it. I'm going on vacation once in a while. And if me hopping on a plane puts it under, so be it. What's the sense of being on the planet if you don't know there's a planet because you're supposed to live in a Colonel Bogey sweatbox from Bridge on the River Kwai? What, what do you mean you can't travel by air anymore? What's the good of having a planet if you can't travel it? What, are we supposed to all stay in place for the next 40 years until we die? Christ almighty, they're nuts. And then I heard the thing about taking the baby out and putting it on the table while you guys dicker about it. This stuff's getting officially crazy, and it looks like half the country will find out is for it. And I, I can't believe that young kids are to the point where they, they would tell them, get a small apartment, don't have a car, have a bike, and don't travel. And the kids are going, no more, who are that? Boy, has it changed. But anyway, Christian, I was talking about Mark Stein. He said he didn't believe Cohen laid a glove on. Uh, and I know you watch this stuff religiously. What would you make of it? Uh, yeah, that's just because I hate my family. But uh, what I thought when it, you know, when it happened. Isn't that a father's job? <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you understand. <laughs> when the hearings happened, I was like, all right, there wasn't really much in there. And I didn't think that much of it until, you know, the other day when Trump says that it was the Cohen hearings that made him walk away from the, the Kim summit. And I don't believe that for a second. And, I, you know, I mean, look, we talk all the time. Trump said? 
Yeah, he said that the, the Cohen hearings made him walk from the Kim summit. He blames the Democrats and not a bad deal for the collapse in talks because the Democrats have hit a new low and interviewed a convicted liar and fraudster during his Vietnam trip. I agree with most of that, except he was the one who said that, yeah, it was a bad deal. I had to leave, which is a perfectly reason, a perfectly valid reason to not sit down with somebody like Kim Jong-un. I don't know that there's a good deal possible there, but... I don't. I think he's fucked up over the Cohen hearings, and oh, I, he's a he's a wind up artist. Yeah, I think. Don't you think Trump loves? To, he's just a big shit disturber. I, I, you I, really see Trump walking out of that thing because he's afraid that Michael Cohen's. Everybody knows Trump probably did most of the things Michael Cohen did. Right. But I'm telling you, Trump is is right on when he said when he said the. Hillary Clinton deleted her. She's she has not faced any retribution for that. They're talking about jailing Trump. They've now subpoenaed eighty-one people he's worked with, his daughter, his son. They're talking about jailing them. People are wishing him dead on the left. Yeah. She deleted thirty-three thousand emails and skates. And the reason that they're giving him a colonoscopy every day is because he said, "Hey, if they have it." And I saw that he was on TV when he did that. He didn't. You're not reading a transcript. Everybody saw it. It was Trump being goofy. Trump. He wasn't really saying Putin send me these emails right now. And even if he was, what's the problem with that? What is the crime? Bitwashing out 33,000 emails and saying they were about yoga and everybody nodding in assent and going, oh, yeah. Or him saying, hey, if you haven't sent them in a goofy way in, in a speech, who's under investigation? He is. I'm telling you, if they bring Trump down, the country's irrevocably split. They might as well have two Americas at that point, really. Uh, I, and I know I don't believe that's why Trump walked away from it. Yeah. Might be it might be a confluence of reasons he walked away. But do I think Donald Trump, the Donald Trump I've been watching for two years, who anybody else would have been completely having a nervous breakdown by now, do I think in the middle of that lunch, he like was worried that Cohen was testifying and said, I've got to leave, I've got the vapors? I, I just don't believe it. I don't know what the... All I know is he is a king mixer, man. It's the old guy in the train car, and it's hard day's night. Uh, Paul's granddad, I think it is where his uncle, where they say, what's his story? And he goes, he's a king mixer. And Trump is a king mixer. But uh, as far as Kim Jong-un goes, all I know is this. All I can tell you is that, folks, around a year ago, they were lobbing missiles over a, over the country of Japan. Now, you know how things go wrong. Christ, I just flew commercial for two weeks. You know what a goat fuck it is technologically out there. They couldn't get doors shut on my plane. At any time, one of those missiles could have either had some, who knows what technology they're using over there, by the way. Whenever they show the North Korean fission plant, it always looks like there's guys in a microbrewery at Mount Mitney with Penn State or something in the window. You know, they've got the Michael Jackson masks on. Uh, so they don't breathe in the fumes, and then they've got a snow cone cup attached to a shuffleboard uh, queue, and they're dipping something. You know, I always look at it, and go, Chris, is this Top Chef, or is this really their nuclear program? At any given moment, one of those things could have went into Japan, and you've got World War III. Now, it hasn't happened in a year. So when you boil it all down and say, that he, he lost this, this kid's beaten us, all I know is they're no longer doing that, and that's good enough for me. And uh, this whole thing that, no, Obama was handling it the right way. 
not talking to them, and having maybe once a month the kids sending off a missile. That was the right way, though. I'm telling you, it's so crazy, and it has gone past the point of no return. I think Trump will slow it down a little. There's only one chance betting to an inside straight here. If America watches how crazy this is and starts thinking, wait a second, I don't want to give up my right to fly and all that to save the planet. Uh, you know, you know I, I'd like to see the planet, and I don't think I'm destroying it. As a matter of fact, a lot of the people telling me I'm destroying it are using so much more fuel than me. So they don't believe it. So uh, if, if in 2020 Trump gets more of the vote than he did last time, I think that'll be a message that we might have saved ourselves some last mail stop before the Titanic pulls out the sea and hits the iceberg. Short of that, it has gone. You realize that. We're to the point now where people out loud in charge of uh, states, Virginia, for God's sakes, are able to say that you deliver the baby and then it's in the room and then the mother and the doctor talk about its fate. And then additionally, add on, I don't know who dropped the dime on him, Dems or Republicans, a week later, He's in Virginia, a state where statues are being taken down in the middle of the night because they celebrate Confederate war heroes. He's in either blackface or a Klan outfit. He survives all that. If you don't see that this has gone past the point of no return, I don't know what to tell you. My advice would be careless. You know, one shot here. 2020, uh, you can either send a flag up and say, this is madness what's going on. I think Trump has rough edges, you know, whatever you want to think of him. He's the last thing holding this country from going down that path. Now, listen, I'm not going to do the bullshit thing where I say, I'm out of here. And they always do and they never go. But I will tell you this. I'll completely fake like I'm on board if, if, if in 2020 this goes over. And somebody says to me, do you have a problem with the... Delivering day, I said, whatever you want, you're in charge. I, I don't have anything to say. And if they say, do you want air travel? I don't think they'll ever pull that off. I think that would be a point where people like, uh, I don't see the steelworks as they would say, no, no, I'm going to continue to fly. And then they, they lose funding, Soros, people like that. But uh, I, 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 at some point, would go complete body snatch. I'm going to fuck around with people who tell me you can't fly anymore. I'm just going to say, okay, when you pass that, I won't fly. And that's what you should do, too. The only thing that you have right now is shut up, zip it, and in 2020, if you want to, you vote for Trump again, because that's the last signal that you can send that this stuff, as the dude would say, should not abide. But I'm telling you, they're playing rough. You should not on a college campus. People say, well, you pussy. Yeah. Yeah. I would tell uh, somebody I love not to go out in a red hat that has the words "Make America Great" on it. A simple notion that I, uh, uh, you know, I think that's a great thing. I, I do would like to see America great, but to walk on a campus and get punched in the face, where you read these stories about guys, wasn't there some football coach who punched somebody recently who came up to him to bum money? The guy falls down, hits his head, he's dead. If you really want to tell some loved one to go do that, you have to take note that there are a lot of violent pacifists out there. There are a lot of people who ostensibly are telling you that they are very loving and they quite frankly want to hurt you if you're not as loving as them. 
if you don't see how mad this has gotten, mad as a hatter, I don't know what to tell you. People always say, oh, it's coming, you know, we'll, we'll ease it back. Yeah? How are you going to ease it back the other way? You know, a lot of Republicans won't do that. A lot of conservatives won't do that because they don't want to behave like liberals. Um, what else is up in the world, Chris? I'm going to let you feed me well, some stuff. I will comment uh, and uh, we'll go from there. To your point about, uh, you know, if 2020 goes the other way, I think uh, it's very smart. The idea of like, yeah, just uh, you have to act like you're on board with it. Uh, should I look into booking you to perform at Bernie Sanders' inauguration just to so they're like, oh, look, Dennis, is, Dennis got his mind right. He's fine now. I would say that it's going to be Hillary Clinton. Uh, I don't think it'll be Bernie Sanders. I think Hillary Clinton will want to run again. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that she's going to run <laughs> I again. I think she's sure. uh, laying in the background just enough now. I think somebody told her that, listen, every time you talk, you do yourself harm. You should wait until it gets to the point where it's somebody or Trump. And you're going to get the somebody vote. Now, if that somebody votes one more vote than 50, she's president. Uh, You know, it was 3 million last time. But I'm talking about one more electoral vote, the thing that actually matters. There's another mad thing. They lost that, and they're talking about doing away with that. All I can tell you is this. I think it'll be Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, and the country can go two ways. If it goes the one way, I would probably zip it. And if it goes the other way, I'm going to zip it. Uh, there's no gain for you out there. You got one thing to do here. You vote. If you think Donald Trump's Adolf Hitler right now, if you think some of these notions on the left about no air travel and uh, no fossil fuel cars and uh, an open, completely open border, and after uh, after the child is out of the womb, abortions, you'll vote that way. And if that takes over. Um, you know, like I said, I'm just going to smack a grin on because really it's, it's, uh, that's pretty shaky agenda they're running on there. If that gets through, I, I don't think you want to fight that. And somebody, you know, like I said, maybe when I was younger, I was a Hellcat, I would fight more. But at 65, uh, I'm looking to see as many beautiful sunsets <laughs> as I can, have some good meals, love my children and wife, see, see part of the world before they take the planes away. And, uh, I'm not going to go out there and fight in the streets about that. They will. And trust me, they'll hit you before you uh, hit them. That's the simple notion of being uh, somebody who's in the um, um, loving individual business. They can come up to you in their head and punch you right in the face as hard as they can because they think they're a better person than you and more loving. Now, you stop and think about that tonight, and you really think, well, do I want to be in the middle of that? I don't. You can if you want. But I had a, when I was on the road with Mark Stein this weekend, I had a woman ask me if I think the ship has sailed. I do. And then I had a young college kid step up and go, what can we do? I said, well, there's only one thing you can do, and that really is to send the message uh, through all this shit storm that drops on him every day. Some of it deserves, some, sometimes he's a pain in the ass, but the only thing you have is a vote that you are not going down the road of the supposedly forward thinkers who are talking about doing away with air travel. You want to go that road, you really have to pause for a second and think in your head, my God, 
talking about going back on basic stuff. And I'm telling you, it is a carnivorous atmosphere over there. And once they get air travel, if they do, I don't think they will. I don't think you do. I don't want to sit here and be too coy. But they want to do that, according to this young woman. When is fire? When's the wheel? Really? In an effort to be a modern person, when do you start cutting out the wheel? And when I, that would probably go next. And when does fire come? Because it hurts the ozone or whatever the fuck. I don't even hear the word ozone anymore. Is that out? Is that like the laser disc of, you know, the end of the world? Yeah. So the, the resolution is actually great on the ozone, but nobody has the players anymore. So, yeah, everybody's kind of moved on from it. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I think next season's Bachelorette should be the Ozone. <laughs> well, you know, everybody needs love. Even the Ozone. Come on. We gave it love. Uh, I would love to get on one knee and hand the Van Allen belt a first impression rose. <laughs> you're, you're my favorite layer of the ionosphere. Uh, I kind of remember you telling me uh, years ago when your son was much younger, you took The Bachelor very seriously. Like, Wait know. a second. Wait, wait. Let me. I might be on the verge of tears here. You, you mean you actually listen to the shit that I say? Are you telling me you remember something I said? Because I always assume that when I don't hear you, you've gone, you've hit your sneeze button and you're off. But you actually remember things I said? Who, whose name is on my paycheck every month? You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I listen to uh, you might as you well say. in the memo section said pretend to listen. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what I wanted to uh, tell you about was mm -hmm. a story that I was reading that uh, Joe Biden. Is this the little man <laughs> I've married? Uh, Have you seen the heiress with uh, Olivia de Havilland? I had. No, the heiress. I actually have not seen that one. No. Now that is a great. And I'll get back to your thoughts and your memories of me in a second. Yeah, please. Good morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you wake up and time has slipped away. Remember that? Uh, um, we used to play that Paul Anka song in the radio. But you have my baby. Oh yeah. And we're putting it on a table. <laughs> In the delivery room, you have my baby. Now the doc and you are going to talk where we go. Can you imagine that you get to the point where you have a kid and then you, you're discussing what to do with it after it's out? That is so weird and grisly to me. Anywho, um... What was I talking about? Oh, you were asking, you were going to say something you remembered that I said. Oh, no, I mean, we didn't have to dwell on it. I just remember you telling All stories right, let's, about the wait, let's, not, let's see what the free zone is yeah. conversationally. If we go down the road, you've started to say something. I've interjected yeah. a couple of complete idiocies, quite frankly, just because I'm trying to rip my head up here in a free associative manner. <laughs> I've stopped you twice. You're probably yeah. this fucking guy. He asked me, and then he won't listen to it. Now... You're saying, oh, it's not important we go. And the peaking part of me says, all right, fine, let's not talk about it. And now, should we go ahead and do the show now and see what that frosty frisson? And you and I, quite frankly, when we're in that state of mind, it's like Spat Trace and Kate Hepburn at their best. Really frosty. Uh, maybe Dick Burton and Liz in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. But when we work off that, ow, zap, we work off that thing. <laughs> And, uh, Chris, I saw you in the garden one night at 154. You were a thing of beauty. 
I had a little money, Don. She goes, Charlie! I got a bit of <laughs> Anyway, well, well, tell me something. Sure. Well, you know, we're we're getting dangerously close to my uh, union fifteen minute break, but uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll work through it. Cool down. <laughs> Remember our friend Mike Murphy. Yeah. And by the way, Mark Stein reminded me this weekend that uh, I don't want to say I love Murph, but uh, he was he did I forgot he had the Jeb Bush's campaign. Yeah. Oh no, I think uh, Murph was the one who asked uh, not asked. He told Jeb he needed the exclamation point at the bumper sticker because if you remember, it wasn't just Jeb; it was Jeb with a little oh, exclamation point on the right. end. Yeah. Yeah, they rolled it out like uh, when hair hit Broadway, like Broadway had never seen before. <laughs> Till your head and death, long, beautiful death, shining, breezing, breezing like a wacken. But anyway, um, you were going to ask me about Joe Biden. Yes, he had to apologize because he complimented Mike Pence. Uh, you know, he he referred to him as a guy who's a decent guy. You know, it's not like he, uh, you know, tried to. Well, that tells you everything you need to know about Joe Biden, right? Well, the fact that like he did Martin O'Malley yeah. saying uh, when they said Black Lives Matter, Martin O'Malley said, "No, I think all lives matter." They said, "What are you doing?" He had to apologize the next day. Yeah. Does that not tell you everything about Martin O'Malley? Does it not tell you everything that Joe Biden? Do you think? In a world where they'll tell you Trump, or, you know, they're going to say Trump seriously, said, I had to leave the thing, I was worried about my, they'll believe that. But they don't believe that they're running too tight a ship over there. When Joe Biden says, I think Mike Pence is a decent man and has to apologize the next day because of the uh, hue and cry from what is increasingly, forget the left. I would say that the far left has gone so far around the fucking bend that they're now the near right, quite frankly. And to think that he has to apologize for that is unbelievable. More importantly than that, vis-a-vis Biden, it tells you everything you need to know about Joe Biden. That all he has to do is get a pollster call that night. And by the way, speaking of pollsters, I talked to the great Pat Cadell over a few-year period in the, uh, in the radio. And uh, a lovely man, rest his soul. Um, but to think that Biden would do that. They don't realize that there's maybe Hillary's thinking of this, not because she's ingenious enough to do it, but she's enough of a Peter Benchley shark to do it that they've told her, listen, you know what your old man did? You need a sister soldier moment with the far left in your own party. Uh, hold, hold, hold. You know, it's, it's like one of those things with uh, Kevin Costner riding in front of the troops and saying, hold. And, uh, and then we'll lay it out there. If Biden's not smart enough to say, if he realizes he wants these the centrist turf, to just come out and say, that is bullshit. I think Mike Pence is a decent man. I don't agree with him on everything, but I think he's a decent human being, and I refuse to apologize. Joe Biden's not going to win the presidency if he's stupid enough to realize that he wouldn't accrue more undecided votes from that than coming out and saying, I've been told that he's not a decent man. That'll show you how screwed up it is over there. How he's called to task for that, and he's not smart enough to say, this is how I break myself out. Sanders nibbled at the cookie the other day when he said, I'm not going to ask her for her advice. I saw he got decried in some close quarters, but in the overview, I'm telling you, that's a smart play. It wasn't quite enough because it's about Hillary. 
but and she's on their side. But about Pence, if he doesn't realize that to claim the moderate vote, he should stake that turf out. And that was an easy one, just to come out the next day and say, hey, I'm sick of young people uh, coming out and saying, you can't hear this, you can't hear that, you can't say this, you can't say that. I didn't live fucking 80 years to live in, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, yeah. I wasn't born in 1904, and this isn't 1984. I'm not going to do it. But uh, that that shows me that Biden is neither smart enough nor has a strong enough backbone to uh, chance somewhere along the way. If Neil Kinnock had penned the words, I'm not going to take that advice. I think Mike, but I guess Neil Kinnock did not know Mike Pence. But if he had somewhere scrolled down, Mike Pence is a decent man. Biden might have co-opted it uh, inadvertently just because, you know, he's a mentor like Schumer. What else is up in the world, Christian? Well, you talk a lot about how none of these things would surprise you. And uh, Now, did you you talk a lot more than the rest of it? Like, are we still in a little bit of a pissed off thing here? Because earlier I said, I don't want to hear your memory of me. And I said, let's see the result. I'm wondering, uh, it seemed to me you hit, you talk a lot more than you hit the rest of that sentence. True? I, I don't think I talked a lot. No, I think that uh, there. I just felt like there was nowhere to go with that story, and that's why I was just like, let's move on and talk about okay. what people want to okay. hear. Fair but, enough. Never felt closer to you now. Well, I mean, you know, this is the only <laughs> way I could get you to talk to me on the phone. You know, that's why I sabotaged all your equipment because then you could call me. No, Christian. Periodically, when I'm insecure, and I'll call and say, "Was that shit about something?" But other than that, um, aren't I a pretty de facto? I don't use the term loosely. I don't even want to say the term, but coworker. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not haranguing you on shit no, for I the know. most part. Yeah. I mean, and then I, I blow up every couple of years and I'm a complete jerk off. But I always tell you, you can tell me I'm a jerk off, right? Yeah, that was uh, very early on. That was one of the things you told me was uh, you, you have to let me know when I'm being an asshole. But uh, yeah. you know, I I don't know. Maybe I've told you once. And it's probably because I was being an asshole, but I just couldn't see it. No, I had my asshole gleaner <laughs> cauterized years ago. Yeah. So sure. that's why I tell you, I, I, I'm colorblind. And so periodically, <laughs> somebody I trust to say, that is Christ, shut up. And I've given you carte blanche <laughs> on that. That being said, periodically, when I am insecure, I'll call and Christian, yeah, you've had these calls in the middle of the night. I know you have, and I know your wife's not super happy about it, where she'll just hear, hold me. Yeah. She'll say, who is that Lucy? Whose voice is that? Lucille Pauls? <laughs> and <laughs> and then, Marty, the Lucy Ball, Lucille Balls. I have seen it. Not in a long time, though. I don't know if you... Oh, know. my God. It's so profane. It's crazy. <laughs> Gary! <laughs> Talking to Gary. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, let's see. There's uh, you know, a lot of stories to talk about of uh, consequence, but uh, for me, something that catches my eye is a uh, man who is on death row uh, arrested for trying to pardon himself by forging a letter from the wait governor. A second. You mean actual death row or he's got a record deal? Oh, no, that's a, that's a great distinction. Uh, yeah, death row, like death row documentary a, every week now about a guy yeah. with an alarm clock around his neck? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, Flavor Flav will be on the show next week, obviously. Beautiful. So. Well, let me do some notes. 
but so the guy uh, forged a letter from the governor, uh, just uh, riddled with get that. Death for forgery. He should do that. He get the death penalty for forgery, forging a letter on death row. <laughs> exactly. It, uh, it had grammatical errors. The name of the state, West Virginia was spelled wrong. And the phone number for the governor's office was written in in hand. So uh, I don't Wait, know. I What was written in hand? The phone number. So like at the, you know, the letterhead at the top where it's got the governor's phone number. I guess he forgot it. So he went and just wrote it in in hand. I feel like this guy needs to be pardoned. I don't know what he did, but I, I feel like, you know what? No, this guy, this guy needs to live. This story's so great. I'm sure I think he should be the governor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably, he's probably. Or is it the governor? I don't quite understand this story. Somebody on death row wrote a letter to the governor or the, no, guy, no. So the he governor wrote a, wrote a letter to the death row guy. Yeah. He was going to, you know, guess turn it into the, to the warden's office. Like, Hey, so I, I got this stay of execution from the governor's office, you know, so he made it himself. Oh, I, he just made it up. That's yeah. Genius. Yeah. And I, I you know, it, it's uh, if maybe he had spelled it better, maybe somebody would have at least given it a second look, but uh, you know, there's a, if you look at, uh, I don't know, if you Google the story, I, I wrote about it at the Daily Mail because... Um, How do you spell Google? Uh, with a G. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if you were on death row, wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be throwing every dart you could? Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I, I don't want to... You know, we're in an age where I probably can't make fun of a guy on death row for not being able to spell West Virginia, but... Uh, well, listen, uh, you know, uh, we used to live on, well, it was a brutish world. And you, you couldn't you couldn't tease a killer. I remember yeah. back, Christian, when you and I were doing some field work for Truman Capote in Goodland, Kansas, on the uh, Clutter case. And uh, we, quite frankly, polarized ourselves from the entire town. Capote took a lot of our note work in the field, by the way, and co-opted it for In Cold Blood. And... Uh, you and I couldn't get a look in a diner. We'd periodically go into pie late in the day. You, a mince raisin pie. Me, a uh, a nice alamote uh, apple, traditionalist. And we couldn't even get a glimpse from Big Stan on the counter. By the way, Big Stan off this week. He kneeled later at Cozumel on break. Yeah, well, you know, he's earned it. I mean, you know, nobody puts in more time than Big Stan, you know. I mean, he, <laughs> he's always there, always there with a smile. A little refill on the coffee. Come on, you know, give the guy a break. I mean, he didn't fly there. He had to ride a bike to Cosmo. But <laughs> what if they eventually have bike-powered planes? Where they <laughs> sponsored by SoulCycle, where everybody goes on. You're flying from New York to LA. You get on a big, what used to be a plane, now is a hollowed-out tube, and it's hooked up to SoulCycles that are all hooked up to straps that are hooked up to the propellers. Beautiful. I, I mean, I love this idea. Do you want me to get it to uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's office? Hi, Sharks. I'm seeking $85,000 for 15% of my investment in my company. So cycle spruce goose. <laughs> Jim, go to the spruce goose. No, and I, I think it's it's still uh, down here in Long Beach, right? I mean, I could... I'm, I'm not no, they got rid of the spruce goose. Oh, no. Queen Mary. Oh, well, that I've been to. I would love to have seen the spruce goose, though. Oh, Christian, I'm telling you. I don't know why they got rid of that. They probably put one of those machines where you go in and you just hold both things and it shakes real hard and makes your hands itch. Uh, but they used to really have some 
that was a cool arcade, and the way they would do it, they had sort of a baffle chamber where you'd have to walk, and then there'd be the reveal, and they had underlit it with a sort of a ghost-like shimmer. And it's wood. It's it's uh, Christian. It's wood from tip of wing to tip of the other wing. A football field. Jesus, can you fathom that? No, actually, I can. And uh, you know, I'm and imagine gonna... they had it underlit. It was sort of an odd color, and they had some sort of shallow pool underneath. You know how that looks? That shimmer, like a ghost ship or something. Sure, yeah. And I just thought it was stunning, man. And to think there's old footage of that. You know, maybe a 45 seconds where Hughes revs it up and uh, gets it off for 45 seconds. No, I'm not talking about some of his home porn. I'm talking about the first footage. But I imagine he got to be a incredibly weird fuck somewhere along the line, yeah. right? Well, his guys who have to have sleep apnea and have to bring the chick home and hook up to that phantom chandelier on their face. To imagine that. I mean, it's bad enough when you're married, the wife has trouble. She has to fantasize she's with a pearl diver from the Steinbeck short story. But imagine looking over, you're dating somebody, and he's he's got that, I can, he's got the John Hurt thing on his face from Alien. He's got a whiteboard with a waterproof marker. You know, what? You know, I mean, uh, there's, some ladies want to fuck Batman, some ladies want to fuck Bane. Folks, if you come away with any knowledge from today's show or anything you want to put on a T-shirt, I would say it's that. What was it again, Christian? Some people want to fuck that. Well, you know, that was my my, uh, gender specificity of it, which probably would uh, would create problems. So you're right. Some people want to fuck Batman. Some people want to fuck Batman. Wait, don't miss it on the front end and then get Batman. Oh, gotta, you got to bleach the whole thing out. See, you thought, oh, there's could only be one yeah. gender screw up in this thing. Yeah, there is a bat woman, there is bat girl. So that's real. That's on me. You know what? Mm. I'm. I can't believe I'm raising children in this world with these nah. bigoted ideas of mine. Well, trust me, you keep this up, and Childhood Protective Service will be over to take him <laughs> her away. Yeah, they definitely. And uh, by the way, listen, I'm sick of hearing people refer to transgenders as he she's. It's she he. Thank you. you got to go with the woman first. That's the world we live in today. Well, look at this. I just this coming across my phone as I look at the screen. Rami Malik to play Fatty Arbuckle. Now, did you see that cup? Yeah, AJ Benza told me about that when he was here, but he wasn't allowed to talk about it because you know the Arbuckle estate is very secret. Benza. Yeah, they have really. They they weren't there for him when it actually happened. No, 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 no. But uh, somewhere around 45, they saw there was some coupons to be clipped by defending the fat man. So they're jumping in now. But Rami Malik is Fatty Arbuckle. Well, never say never. I didn't I didn't know if the kid could pull off. By the way, can I tell you how happy I am for that kid? And I say kid loosely. I'm 65, but he's, what, in 20s, 30s? Probably 30s, yeah. He, did he max that out or what? Can you imagine delivering a project it could have been real trouble, and I guess young people don't like it or something. I, I read snippish things about it, but 860 worldwide, Christian, wins the Oscar and seems like a good cat to boot, right? My wife told me his Oscar speech was lovely. I did not see, but... Yeah, no, it was it was very nice. And yeah, I and mean, I've it's... seen him interviewed, seems like... So congratulations, Rami Malek, for maxing that whole thing. And good luck with the Arbuckle Project. Yeah. 
well, you know, we can hopefully get him on to talk about it. You know, he won't talk about the Queen movie, but he'll, he'll Wait talk. Wait a second. Look at this stunt casting day. Alec Baldwin jumping in his jet at Reno, but that one I don't see as much. <laughs> well, you, have, you probably haven't seen him lately. I think it's actually perfect. What was that joke I was doing about uh, the hashtag used to be the tic-tac-toe grid? Yes. And I have to give it to the puppy little symbol. It's enjoying a career rebirth here. Uh, leaning forward a little, a little scoliotic. And now it's the hashtag. And it's got a whole second chapter, Moss Hart Act 1. This is Act 2 for the hashtag. An unexpected career boost completely from my left field. Sort of like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> We should have a rim shot here. No, 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 no. No, rim shot is, isn't is for a joke that's that good. Come on. We know how rim shots work. By uh, the way. Before. Super gay porn film title. Rim shot. About, about a comedian, an old Borscht Belt guy who takes a young lover. Just a thought. Well, let's, uh, let's tie it all together and say that the movie should be called Rim Shot and Spruce Goose. <laughs> I think I saw that film uh, Gene Hackman and Pacino. No, that was Scarecrow. <laughs> um, so where's where am I going? I just got off the road doing four dates with Mark Stein. Yeah, and we sold two of them well. One didn't sell at all. I can't quite figure that out. We were in Wilkes-Barre. Oh, okay. I think we might have got up to a thousand, but it was a bit shaky. And then we did uh, one in, we got up to a thousand in Syracuse, but it was the same night as the Syracuse Duque. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be honest about the figures that I guess people come on and go, you know, we had two that were, and the show's good. I mean, we were funny together. I think we're going to try to go out there and uh, do more, see if we can find a bigger city and see how that goes. But in the interim, Christian, what do I have coming up? I think I got a date with some SNL alumni. Yeah, that was one that uh, I didn't even realize. I just went to Ticketmaster to make sure I had all your dates, and I didn't see that uh, Dennis, that's you, will be performing March 23rd in Fort Lauderdale alongside John Lovitz, thank you, uh, Daryl Hammond, and Rob Schneider. And then April 26th, you'll be at Foxwoods out in Connecticut, 27th, Medford, Massachusetts, and uh, a cool-sounding one, Kaboo. Kaboo, Texas, May 10th. And oh, oh, and May 18th, the St. George Theater on Staten Island. Are they listing the one with the boys as... I've never met Daryl Hammond, by the way. Uh, but uh, do they list it as uh, an SNL show, or is it just the four of us with well, no official... They, I, I, There's no branding like that. Like, I looked it up on Ticketmaster, so somebody buying tickets, it would just be under Dennis Miller, and then it's also, okay. you know, with the other guy. Well, I was going to suggest they not use SNL, because Christ, I'm between Gerv hitting me, UTA, and Lauren diving over the trance of Rizzi's <laughs> if we use SNL. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I mean, one of one of the Lornettes would certainly, uh, you know, reach out their hands for him, which is, a, I have to give credit to Spade. That was, he was the one that, that coined them that, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of perfect. The Lornettes. Yeah. The Blaze of Butte. Um, what else can we talk about? I'm reading a book about the, uh, the uh, Wild Bunch, the making of the Wild Bunch, and it's a pretty interesting book. The guy's a little goofball liberal in a way, but he's a good writer. I have to give him that. But yeah, everything gets back to, uh, you know, the authenticity and nobility of the Mexican people and the white man. You know, it's always, Christ, can I have a break for a second? And, 
you know, uh, there are a lot of idiot white men, there are a lot of uh, idiot Mexican people, right? Isn't that what? Yeah. Isn't there around a thirty-seven percent consistency rate around the world of idiots? I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's being generous, right there. Let's say that's about right, though. Well, you don't even know if I mean sixty-three percent of the world's idiots and thirty-seven aren't. I'm saying sixty-three are. So maybe, oh. maybe, we're, maybe we're not looking at this the same way. Jeez, get over here. Let me give you some kibble. I love that. Good job, Christian. Come, um, but uh, so that part of the book's a little. Can I tell you? It doesn't even. It's just boring. Everybody needs to take a day off from. It is obsolescence by altruism or something or feel goodism. It's just, it's it's starting to fall on deaf ears in a way because nobody takes a break at any time during the day from. I don't bring up old grievances and spining oneself to make it right. And that's not what you, I'm reading a book about the wild ones. Now, here's the wild part. I, I like the guy's writing. I feel like I'm learning a lot about the movie. I've never seen the movie, and I, I really don't have an urge to see the movie. Cause, but the book's great. But it sounds like a – is it a brutal movie, Christian? I know there's shooting in slow motion. I get that. Yeah. It also sounds just grim. Yeah, I mean it's not a it's not a feel good for for sure. But uh, you know, it, it's funny that it you're great? talking. He says it's great. He talks yeah. about it like it's a magnum opus. Your thoughts? I, I would say it's great, and uh, you know, it, but you're talking about it. Reminding me, didn't when John Corbett was on the show, didn't he say he's like neighbors and like friends with the guy who wrote it? Oh, that's right. His name's Green. The guy. Yeah, Waylon Green. Yeah, Waylon Green. Oh, that's funny. Well, I have to talk to Waylon Green through John and picked his brain a little about it. You know, Peck yeah. Paul obviously took it over, and sure. he had a guy he wrote with. But Waylon Green did originally catch the premise, and uh, it, it, it's, a, like I said, the guy's a good writer. It's just a little preachy here and there. Uh, and um, But I feel like I'm learning uh, a lot about it. But I don't have any urge to see it. It just sounds so grim about prostitutes getting shot in the back and... You know, part of me wants to read it because, you know, I, I thought I'd read it because I was a big Bill Holden fan. Yeah. Something horrible in the book that came up that I thought this is why you should never meet or read too much in depth about somebody you really look up to because I guess Holden uh, eventually does a manslaughter thing on whatever the Spanish equivalent of the Autobahn is. He runs up in another car at over 100 miles an hour and kills a guy with two models in the car. Mm-hmm. So that. You know, made me shake my head, and they feel that he was always a bad drinker. He started drinking to calm himself down. A shot here and there when he was acting, and then he became the most self-loathing drunk, it, it, it appears. And obviously that did not add to it uh, when you, you know, go out loaded and bring a car to the best. So reading that kind of... Uh, Made me shake my head. Now I think I'll have to look at Bill Holden in a different uh, different way. I'll still enjoy him in the films. I think he's a big honking movie star. But Christ, that bothered me. But I also wanted to read it because I admire Robert Ryan, and they, uh, he comes off as a uber liberal in the book, but a committed one who you can admire in a way. Don't agree with some of the thoughts, but really a man who walked the walk. So good for him. Uh, and Ernie Borgnine, who I met a few times through Andy Granatelli and Bob Lozier, and he was just the sweetest freaking guy. I'm telling you, you could not sit with Ernie Borgnine and not think you weren't talking to Marty. 
I, I don't mean Marty Short. Maybe Marty Short should play Marty in the remake. I mean, Mom! <laughs> Can he do it as Glick as Marty? There you go, Marty Short as Jimmy Glick in Marty. You're a casting genius. You're the next wind stallmaster, Christian. Oh, you. You don't mean it. <laughs> that's, that's when you had the audition for the scene where Billy Davis was masturbating on the other side of the glass from his boyfriend in Midnight Express. And you had to, you had to come in and do a, a reading on that for Lynn Master Stole Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the scene. You're on the other side of a plexiglass. Billy's in the Moroccan prison. You, he's masturbating to show his love for you and go. <laughs> uh, can I get the sides of this? <laughs> right hand, left hand. Do I flip the grip to get tops filling? Right you want, they had to shoot it two ways, Christian. They well, had to yeah. do the, the handshake grip for the American crowds, but they wanted to sell the European markets. So they had to flip it over. Uh, heavy. Oh, a strong overgrip to get the vast deference topspin that you need, quite frankly, to sell ducats in Liechtenstein. Yeah, I mean, and and if your film doesn't do well in Liechtenstein, <laughs> you're you're dead in the water. I love, I love that we've established this rapport over there. Where I will say something so like bizarrely extrapolative, and you'll go, "Yeah, but." <laughs> well, it's I just love that. It's always affirm and try and show off. You're right. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> you still, Del Close still hovers in your attic. The spirit of Del Close, right? It's always affirm. All right. Talk at you, folks. All right. Well, we hope everything sounds better next time on the Dennis Miller Option. Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here.